books on books on the brain. <laughs> Welcome back to Books on the Brain, a podcast of books and nonsense. I'm Danielle. I'm Deirdre. And we are back. We're back, baby. We are back, baby. Uh, Before we get into this episode, um, we did just want to address the things that have been going on. Um, If you are following us on our Instagram or were tuned into the last audio that went live on the podcast page, you do know that Carly has left the podcast um, for both creative and health reasons. Um, And obviously, Danielle and I are sad to see Carly go. This has been a big passion project for the three of us that we've built together. Um, and Danielle and I are going to continue to make this podcast. So we hope that you stay with it and enjoy it with us and hope that you will join us in wishing Carly the best in their future endeavors. Absolutely. We're so excited to see uh, what amazing things they do next. Uh, Deirdre and I are going to keep on the old horse. We're going to keep this puppy going. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> Keep on the old horse. Keep the old horse running, trotting. Um, galloping. So, galloping, mayhaps. Ah. Uh, so keep keep your eyes peeled, ears peeled. Uh, we'll be keeping, keeping content coming your way. We're really excited about some of the stuff we have planned. So uh, make sure you're following us on Instagram to get updates about episodes, especially episodes like today, which is so exciting because this is the first episode we've done in a while that is it not is. a guest episode it is before we get into the content of the episode shall we do a little bit of housekeeping yeah the house is dirty we need a little sweeping we need a little sweeperoo yeah. um it's it's been a while since i feel like we have asked you uh lovely listeners to um, show your support oh, for the podcast. Um, we know you support us by listening and by engaging with us on Instagram, uh, but it really does help us out if you leave us uh, reviews or star ratings on your favorite podcast platform. You can now leave star ratings with the new Spotify update which is very exciting. Uh, so if you've been listening for a while and haven't had the chance to leave us a review and you feel like being generous today, we would really appreciate it. It takes less than 15 seconds to do, and it literally and truly means the world to both of us. I was going to say, I think that's my my only bit of housekeeping for okay. today. Great. Okay. So we've had like a gazillion guest episodes in the past two months. Yeah. Uh, which is... Oh my god, my cat ate <laughs> crap. Oh, and she stuck her little foot in my shirt. Come here. Um, <laughs> she just fell. So, 100%. Danielle's cat just fully fell in front of the camera. <laughs> just like, very much, I'm walking across the stage on my graduation day and eating <laughs> down the stairs. <laughs> Uh, we've had a... Now she's embarrassed because I'm laughing. I'm so sorry. Walnut, it's okay, buddy. Walnut's fine. She's fine. Um, I'll give her a treat later. (laughs) Uh, we've had a good gazillion guest episodes, which truly feels like a dream and a delight, and I think we're both incredibly fortunate to have had so many amazing guests on, but... uh, Absolutely. We've had a chance to just chat about how crazy (laughs) How crazy it's been. I didn't... And, you know, we plan 
our season. Like, we know yeah. what's coming. <laughs> and I feel like it didn't actually hit me how much of a bang we were starting with this season yeah. until this month. Yeah. Which is March. <laughs> it is March. Um, it is March. Um, and it has been a whirlwind it has it has it has we because obviously like we've been planning kind of a few months in advance just when you have guests of uh with so much going on a lot of the authors that we've had on are like in the middle of book releases or like writing books right now uh so we've had to plan a lot in advance so we've been sitting on these for a while so it's really exciting that we're able to share them with you and we can talk about them like openly without being like oh gosh can i talk about this (laughs) <laughs> or am I gonna spoil I know this? and like doing the math when we record episodes after the fact of like oh can I talk about this yet nope <laughs> nope <laughs> nope uh it is so exciting uh and we have exciting guests coming up planned so yeah keep your freaking eyes peeled it's gonna I, be fun I still feel stunned like it still feels weird to be like oh yeah you can go back and listen to our episode with V.E. Schwab yeah what the heck or like Hey, remember that funny time that we sat down and talked with Talia Hibbert about romance books? Like, it's yeah. crazy. It is crazy. Or that time I point blank asked Katie Robert to tell us about her history of reading erotica <laughs> and monster romance. The time that I wrote that question but made you ask it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is crazy and delightful. Uh, if you have any suggestions of guests you'd like to see on the pod, uh, you can email us or let us know on Instagram. Because truly, at this point, we're on a we are the ball's rolling uphill, man. The ball is rolling yeah. uphill. Yeah, we we are very excited for where the rest of this season is going to go because it it just feels like it's been such a whirlwind. It honestly feels like a dream. It does. It truly does. And sometimes I forget until people are like, "Oh my gosh!" I'm like, "Yeah, it is." Oh my gosh. It is, oh my gosh, because it, for me, it just feels like business, because I'm like, okay, we gotta plan this episode, we gotta do all this stuff, and sometimes you, like, don't realize the gravity of some of the things, you're like, whoa, this is, like, really crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, aside from podcast things, how's life? Life's frustrating, but, you know, hopefully by the time (laughs) this podcast comes out, my school's no longer on strike. Uh, Fingers crossed. We're going into week three, which is awful. (laughs) So... I'm just feeling uh, disappointment and frustration, but uh, yeah. at least it's giving me time to catch up on doing other things, uh, which is nice. Bright side. Yeah. <laughs> other than that, you know, I've been, my For You page is just filled with, uh, you know that one sound that's, it's someone making fun of hens uh, in my pocket by uh, Alanis Morissette. It's like, I'm smart, but I'm stupid. I'm gay, but I'm straight. But I'm straight. I cook dust in full foods, baby. baby. That's just been my entire for you page. So I'm vibing. <laughs> that has been the highlight of my day because every second video is someone like I'm like it's a funny song. It's a funny song. It's, it's a funny song. How are you? How am I? That is, my teacher asked me that today. We were on a Zoom call and. She was like, no, seriously, like, I want to know. And I was like, I don't think I can be honest with you. <laughs> like, it's none of your business. Leave me alone, please. I, I'm okay. The The last, like, month and a half has just been a 
whirlwind Mm -hmm. between work, life, and school. I don't even know if I've said it on the podcast that I made my Broadway debut. I don't know if you did. I did. (laughs) Deirdre did it. Deirdre did it. Um, I I did uh, make my Broadway debut as a swing dresser at Come From Away. And I'm still working there intermittently whenever they want to give me a call, which is very exciting. Mm Mm-hmm. Starting the year off with that was wild, and uh, we just opened our class exhibition Mm -hmm. with the museum at FIT, um, which when this episode comes out, it might still be open if anybody's in New York and wants to go visit the Asian Americans in New York Fashion Design Labor Innovation exhibition um, at Mm -hmm. the museum at FIT. You are more than welcome to do so. It is free and open to the public until March 27th. Um, And we've been working on it for... It is a mouthful. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But we've been working on it for just over a year, and it's really exciting to see that go up. Mm -hmm. Uh, And now I feel like all the, like, big projects that I've been working on have, like, done their thing. So now I can focus on other things, which is good. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Exciting times all around, truly. Folks, this is this is what's on the docket for this fine episode. We wanted to do something funny. Because who doesn't want to have a little bit of fun? A little bit of fun. I know, I feel like we completely skirted around the like detrimental world events that are happening. Oh, yeah. I right can't even now. I can't even talk about um that. so uh, you know, obviously, we we don't want to, like, not acknowledge that the world is burning. Yeah. Uh, but here's what we'll say. We come here as a reprieve, as do many of you. Yeah. So that's what this episode is. Yeah. Absolutely. Don't take the lack of um, engaging thoroughly with it as ignorance or, like, dismissing. It's just... Yeah. Sometimes you gotta just have a little bit of joy. Find your pockets yeah. of joy. All right. This is what's on the docket for this fine episode. Um, we want to do something fun tonight. That's what we're recording this at nighttime. You're, you can be listening <laughs> to it any time of day. Um, we wanted to do some more of our really fun one-star reviews on books. But we've opened up the requirements away from one-star reviews of our five-star reads to just one-star reviews on books. Uh they just have to be funny. They just have to be funny. And they just have to also maybe make you angry. It depends. It's a fine line. It's a fine line. <laughs> but I'm excited. I'm excited. And then Deirdre has prepared for us a game, mayhaps, later, which I'm incredibly excited for. <laughs> game Master Deirdre. Uh, who wants to go first? Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I don't mind. Do you want to go first? Great. I'll go first. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, lagging. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Obviously, the reason I said let's open up the requirements <laughs> was for a selfish reason. Uh, so, I chose, I mean, if you were to take, if I were to give you five guesses, I'm sure you would guess this, uh, people at home. Uh, I chose Midnight Sun as my first book because, boy, oh, boy, do people have feelings about Midnight Sun. Mm-hmm. For good reason, I will say. For good reason, people mm-hmm. have a lot of feelings. About Including the two of us. <laughs> Including the two of us. How far did you get in that book, Deirdre? 40 pages. 40 pages. <laughs> I got 30%, which, I, you know what? 
Good for you. That's almost 50%, which is almost the whole book. So, <laughs> you know. And arguably, I think you could argue that if you read Twilight, you read Midnight Sun. You know what? Hold on to your butt cheeks because that might be one of the reviews. <laughs> so hold on. Hold on. Am I a psychic? You might be. Maybe. You might be. Okay, so little little statistics for any of you math folk out there. Uh, I, I don't know why you would be listening to this podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's a side hobby. Um, hey, maybe math people like to read. Yeah, maybe math people do like to read. I'm not that. <laughs> That's what I'm happy if you are. Um, okay, Midnight Sun. It currently has a 3.72 on Goodreads, what I thought was funny. That's surprising. And what is even more surprising to me, and listen to this i'm gonna tell you uh it's sitting at five like five star reviews is 30 percent so it's about fifty-two thousand. also there's not as many reviews of midnight sun right now i think just because people didn't finish it or it came out 12 years too late um but midnight sun 30 percent five stars 29 percent four stars and then one star reviews sitting at 3%. So even though five stars make up the highest amount of ratings, it's still at a 3.72, which I thought was really interesting. Wow. That is interesting. A lot of them. Yeah, math is crazy, man. Um, (laughs) But it is funky, funky, funky. Okay, some of these are a little chunky, so I'm going to read fast. Okay, first review is from Bookish Realm. If I could give this half star, I would. But you know the way the rating system could read work? This ain't it, folks. Uh, This really didn't do anything for me. I won't lie. I was curious about how Meyer would frame this book in context of the original book. My curiosity wasn't enough to even begin to make me like this book. Let's get the easy part out of the way. Midnight Sun is boring. (laughs) I know everyone was slash is super excited to see Twilight from Edward's perspective. However, there is no reason for this book to be over 600 pages. By the time I was 50% into the book, it began to feel very long and drawn out. Her technical writing skills have improved, which I thought was very generous. That's me. That was my comment on... That was not, <laughs> I'm putting the, my commentary on this comment. Um, however, her ability to write a compelling plot has not changed. The interesting part of the book is that Stephanie essentially attempts to rewrite the book in a way that attempts to get rid of the critique she experienced with the first four books. (laughs) That's just funny. In doing this, she recreates characters that aren't true to the source material, which is weird. She goes on to say, for example, I thought Bella was bland and boring and an insensitive character in Twilight. In Midnight Sun, she becomes this well-rounded, interesting, and compassionate character. I'm not sure if she was attempting to paint this picture that Edward was seeing Bella through these rose-colored glasses, but it doesn't make sense. Now, what I can't seem to understand now is 10 years later, Meyer still has the monopoly on writing problematic crap. The reviewer goes up by saying, there is still a whole aspect of control on Edward's part in the inability of women to be able to define their own lives. I feel like Meyer intentionally wrote all of the other high school students as villains so they should justify the isolation that ends up occurring between Edward and Bella. I just don't feel comfortable with a lot of contents of this book. That was like the mature look at Midnight Sun, which I appreciate. (laughs) Uh... giving it more credit than it needs truly 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 uh the second review says 
Stephanie Meyer really saw people finding redeeming qualities in Twilight and said, bet. <laughs> this is by uh, user Aurora. Uh, this grueling look into the mind of obsessive sociopath vampire Edward Cullen would have been impossible to slog through if it weren't for my overriding sense of nostalgia and curiosity about how much worse things could get. Over After over 600 pages of Edward's American Psycho-inspired inner dialogue, <laughs> even I, a loyal dues-paying member of Team Edward since 2008, was forced to question whether or not Edward truly belongs with Bella or in a prison. Uh, the best thing I can say about this book is it's laughably bad. It will inspire many, many discussions and memes, but good lord, this one should have stayed in the drafts. Mm. Um, and then the last review is not really a review. Just someone pulled a quote from the book, because I haven't gotten to this part yet. But apparently, and I should have known better. I should have known better. <laughs> but apparently there's a whole bunch of like comparisons that Edward makes in the novel to Bella between Persephone's and Hades. Oh, yeah. Because of the pomegranate on the cover, which I was, like, always, like, why is there a pomegranate on the cover? Other than it kind of looks like a heart. Uh, So the Mm. quote is, just, it's just Taylor pulled this. I I would like to say Taylor pulled this quote from the book. Um, For just a second, I saw Persephone, pomegranate in hand, dooming herself to the underworld. Is that who I was? Hades himself, coveting springtime, stealing it and condemning it to endless night? Stephanie Meyer should <laughs> have her keyboard taken away. Okay, this no. this is the last review. This is the one that you <laughs> you might have mind read. Uh, Monique, she says, DNF to page two hundred. Which honestly, good on you. Good on you, Monique. Getting good on you getting it that far. Uh, I'm counting this flaming garbage fire of a book as read simply because it's Twilight, and I have read that, which means I consider I've read this. <laughs> This absolute trash gouge my eyes out in frustration book. Did I have hopes it would be readable? That I remember the love I once had for the series in middle school? Yes. Was it readable? Absolutely not. I believe I was peer pressured by my 13-year-old self into reading this, and I will never forgive myself for the extreme betrayal. Please don't ever make me make this mistake again. (laughs) Uh, It's just a diary entry. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. No, that's... Hold on to that for later. Hold on to that oh, for later. Oh, wow. I'm on a roll today. You are on t- uh, a roll today. I Here's the thing. Uh, I don't know if y'all at home listeners um, saw that thing that went around, went around on Instagram December last year where people were asking their followers to give them book recommendations to read over the next year in 2022. It was like a mm-hmm. green template. I did it. I also did it. And guess what Emily... What book Emily picked for me to finish reading? Midnight Sun. Yeah, it was Midnight Sun. So I will be reading it this year. I will probably not talk about it because uh-huh. I don't think I'm going to like it. Uh, but if you have financially supported Stephanie Meyer in any way, perhaps you would consider uh, looking into some of the foundations that people are supporting uh, that need really a lot of help. The Moving to Higher Ground, I believe, is what the foundation is called. For the Quillette mm-hmm. tribe. Uh, but potentially think about donating there uh, if you've given Stephanie any of your money in the past. Yeah. If you have the means. Um, you know, it's funny. You mentioned Christ before. Hmm? <laughs> Say more? <laughs> <laughs> because, um, we again, we had no parameters 
for no. this prompt other than to go find some funny one-star reviews. Yep. And oh, no. me needing some healing from my Catholic upbringing decided, let's go check out these reviews on the Bible. Why not? <laughs> Just get ready. <laughs> so the first thing I have to say is that when you type in the Holy Bible into Goodreads, yes. there are many, there are many, many, many that pop up. That's not surprising. The thing that surprised me was that almost all of these have above a three-star rating, borderline over, like, averaging 4.5. That's crazy. So, I I have a couple questions why, but that's interesting. I don't don't know. And that's just on, that's just with an itty-bitty scroll. That is not... (laughs) Yeah. Any sort of actual statistics. Um, but the book that I chose specifically was the first one that comes up when you type the Holy Bible. It's the Holy Bible King James Version by Anonymous. Yeah. Published. Um, let's see. When was it published? In 2008. Uh, and Same as Twilight. <laughs> the connections. The connections. It writes itself. It does. <laughs> So there are 246,244 ratings. Less than I was expecting. I thought there would be more. Interesting. And there are 6,365 reviews. Um, The ratings break down. 74% are five-star reviews. (laughs) That's really high. 8% are four. 6% are three. 3% 3% are 2, and 6% are 1. That's really high for one-star reviews. <gasps> yeah. Drama. So. Now, I'm uh, curious, before we get into this, are do you think people are rating this specific version of the Bible, or do you think they're rating the Bible on a whole? I personally think they're probably rating the Bible on a whole. Gotcha. I don't think they're necessarily rating this specific version. <laughs> this I could be version wrong. version of the Bible sucks. Um... Because it was very funny going through, because I didn't look through any of the other reviews. I only looked at the one-star ones. And what was funny was there was this, like, weird... Maybe I shouldn't say weird, but it it was, like, every other review, one was just, like, taking the piss. And then the next one was, like, a genuine review. Oh, no. And I was like, what? Like, there's a lot of whiplash in this. I was like, I don't think you have to genuinely review the Bible, no. to be honest. No. I think <laughs> it's been we, around for a long time. We get it. I think if we're going to get it, we've gotten it by now. Right. Um, the one that made me choose to do this book yeah. is by user Dennis. He recommends it for colon, level a crooked table. Dennis. <laughs> Badly edited, poor continuity, and internal consistency. (laughs) Authors seem to change between books. Plot is cliched and thin, with virtually no character development, save for Judas Iscariot. The main characters of Jesus and Moses are entirely one-dimensional messianic figures. The novel opens with Adam and Eve and then ignores them for the next thousand pages or so. The built-in bookmark, built-in bookmark was a nice touch, but a little pretentious. <laughs> Oddly, 
it wasn't shelved with the other fiction books. <sighs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Dennis, you got me. You got me. It just made me chuckle. And then the next two are just one sentences. Yeah. So Chris says, too much sex and violence for me. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris. And Andre, rounding this out, says, For anyone looking for a more realistic plot, there is Greek mythology. Yeah, there is Greek mythology. <laughs> Jeez. People are funny. People are funny. People are funny. And please do not take that in any sort of uh, way. I am not trying to make a statement on anybody's religion. My own relationship with religion and spirituality is quite precarious. So, yeah, retweet. Um, you know, I just think it's interesting. Out of all the things that you could pull commentary out of the Bible, <laughs> people were like, "The bookmark." I guess it was fine. <laughs> like that just made me laugh. Like, there's a lot of other things that would be on my docket to right to talk about in the Bible. That is very right. funny. I guess I've never even thought about people buying Bibles. I just thought they, like, I don't know, exist. You know what? It's not something we I We always think- just had yeah, them. me too, growing up. And then I know I had one in school because I went to Catholic school. Yeah. And, but I don't remember buying it. I remember us just being given it. Yeah. And same. writing our names in it and then taking it home. Same. You just gift um, them, at, like, at, like, your confirmation. At all of your events, people give you Bibles. So you're like, I guess I'm set. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. All right, moving right along. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh gosh, how do I pull these together? My brain is my brain. Um, <laughs> I think that's it. I think the bridging has has come out, has ended. There's no segue possible between these two <laughs> books. I don't think. Um, you know, I guess a lot of people. Uh, there's a conversation between, like, you know, do people believe in religion? Do people believe in evolution? Uh, mm. And, you know, something that goes hand in hand with evolution is science, obviously. Evolution is a part yeah, of yeah, science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And uh, no book better and more accurately depicts science than The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. <laughs> absolutely. We stand women in STEM. Uh, women in STEM who are just so small that the author will not let you forget it for a second that she's small. Not and that the moment. man is so big, he is just the biggest <laughs> man in the world, and she's so small. That was most of the one-star reviews who were like, why does she keep saying she is so small and he is so big? We get it. We, like, we, we get There's it. There's a big height difference. <laughs> They're very, very different heights. Um, well, the hypothesis has a 4.39 on Goodreads, which is I think wow. higher than I was expecting because I think yeah. The Love Hypothesis is a book that either people love or feel very lukewarm about. Yeah. It also just came out. So that's a pretty good rating for a book that's still relatively new. And it's got a lot of uh, ratings, to be honest. It's got 300,000 plus ratings. Wow. And then f- almost 50,000 reviews, which I think is pretty... I Part of me wonders, like, is it because it was part of so many subscription book boxes? But then I also know, like... It blew up so big on Book Talk. I think everyone read this book. I mean, it was sold out worldwide, which is crazy. Imagine, imagine writing a Raylo fan fiction that 
it sells out worldwide. Worldwide. Allie Hazelwood. I love you. Allie Hazelwood, come on the podcast. Your next book, Love on the Brain, very close to Books on the Brain. Come on anytime. Come on anytime. Um, okay, so it's got 55% of the reviews are five stars, which is very high, again, higher mm-hmm. than I was expecting. Uh, 32% four stars, and then one-star reviews are 0% with about 2,000 reviews. Oh, wow. Um, which is interesting. Um, okay, here's the first review <laughs> by Sin. I don't think Raylos deserve human rights, sorry. <laughs> which made me laugh. Um, for those of you who do not know at home, which I feel like maybe uh, most people know, but in case you don't, Love Hypothesis was a published fan fiction that Allie wrote in the Star Wars fandom, specifically with a ship called Raylo, which is Rey and Kylo Ren, um, which are part of the sequels, which I know are is very divisive in the community <laughs> for Star Wars people. Some people love them, mm-hmm. some people hate them. Um, but the Raylo fanfic, I don't know if it's still up, but if you, like, it is a thriving fandom that I didn't really realize until I got back into reading that I was like, oh, people are, people love this. I've read a couple, if I'm being completely honest, because some of them are pretty crazy. Um, Oh, absolutely. There are some good ones out there. And there's some weird ones out there. Be careful, friends. Be careful out there. Proceed with caution. It is a, it's the Wild West, truly. Okay, Mina says, Extremely unsatisfactory. Main characters are supposed to be scientists, but seem to think that the solution to their problems is to fake date, as opposed to having adult conversations with their friends. (laughs) Goodness. If this is, if this was a representation of actual scientists, I would beg to not exist on Earth ASAP. (laughs) Okay, I have a longer one, but I, it's just someone talking about, so in the Raylo fanfiction community, and this is something I learned from a TikTok recently, you know, you learned so much from TikTok, Um, someone was talking about the love hypothesis and kind of, oh, I think it might have been, my name is Marinez, but I could be wrong, don't quote me on that, Um, was talking about how why Olive, who is the Ray character, is always talked about being small. Oh, it was not Marinez. I don't know who it was. She did read it, though. I'm mixing up my reviews. Anyway, this person was like, she's so small because she was an orphan who was abandoned on a planet. But for some reason, this aspect of her character has followed her along in all these iterations, (laughs) where no longer she is an orphan strapped on this, like, alien planet she's just a human scientist who was just very small and people were like for what reason because it's got these like roots in the fandom but it no longer makes sense when taken out of context which i think is right so funny <laughs> that to me i'm like yeah it is kind of weird that like they're so obsessed about her size because of this one thing in the original fic that they feel like they have to bring into this and i'm like right it doesn't make sense but it just made me laugh uh but the last review from Brittany says, if you're going to write a book about one of the most hated shipping fandoms in the world, at least make sure your cover art doesn't make it glaringly obvious who the first, who the two characters are meant to represent in your worn, what? Represent in your work, sorry. And that you name your main character not after the actor who plays this 
crybaby <laughs> monster. <laughs> also, <laughs> this cover. Yeah, his the character's name is Adam in the book, and Kylo yeah. Ren is played by Adam Driver. Like, yeah, you could have even called him at anything else. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what's Adam backwards? <laughs> Dama. No, not at all. Mada. Dama. Yeah, that's what it is. So remember when I said I'm not a math person? I don't think I'm an English person either. I don't know what kind of person I am. I think I gotta go. I also don't know why I thought the answer to this problem is to spell Adam backwards. (laughs) You're like, it's an anagram. It's an anagram. Oh, man. Literally, because, like, they changed... Ray's name to Olive, so I'm like, mm-hmm. it wasn't like you wanted to keep both of them close. Yeah, like I don't, it's just weird. It's just weird. Just weird. Uh, it is funny. Yeah, the Star Wars. I mean, the Star Wars fandom in general is one that is so fascinating. Yeah. Um, and then you start to break down the like specific niche components of the Star Wars fandom. Yeah, it's like the Star Wars fandom. I think we've talked about this, maybe not on the podcast, but, like, my family was, were big Star Wars people, but I've always been, like, a casual observer of Star Wars. I'm not, like, same the lore. I'm, like, I watch them, <laughs> and I yeah. kind of know what's going on. Um, I think it's so interesting when we get this, like, <laughs> fan fiction out of the Star Wars, because it feels so, uh, it, and it's clear to me that so many of the hardcore fans of Star Wars hate stuff like this hate things like the hell of love hypothesis that like oh if i told my dad about this yeah i think (laughs) he'd be so upset (laughs) yep and i'm like it's just for fun man like it's just for fun if you didn't know you i don't think you'd particular like maybe because they make it so clear in love hypothesis you would know but i think like if they really worked you could take it away from its original i think if i hadn't known going into it like there like not that i had heard it in passing like genuinely i had no idea what it was tied to yeah i think i might have picked up on it at one point or another but i also think it can stand outside of being a Raylo fanfic yeah, I think if like, that makes sense. I agree because we like there are fics that get published that are like so integrally tied to its source material that you cannot see past it. Uh, yeah, I have a a review later that like really spells out some of those connections for one of my other books. But yeah, um, I w- I was actually just gonna say <laughs> up and coming. Yep, but. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. It's an interesting book. I think if you haven't read it, if you have if you've not read Love Hypothesis, I'd give it a shot. I just go into it knowing that there are triggers that people sometimes don't talk about as openly as other books because of the cartoon cover and a lot of the like sweet side of the book, but there are some triggers in it for sure. So make sure you take yeah. a little peek before heading in if you if you're one of the like few people left who've not read this book. Yeah. I think it's funny that you picked um, all relatively new books. Yeah. I'll use new in a flexible way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I chose all old books. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, because my next book 
is Of Mice and Men by John Steinbeck. Drama, drama, drama. Drama, drama, drama. Um, So here we have its average rating is 3.88. Okay. It has 2,192,402 ratings and 40,431 reviews. Okay. It's a lot. Yeah. That is interesting. That is interesting. It has 32% five star, 34% four star, 22% three star, 6% two star, and 2% one star. Okay. Kind of high one stars. Yeah. All of these, short and concise. Heck yeah. Penelope says, written by a man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I saw that one and I said, I have to pick this one for today. (laughs) She said yes. Laura says, I don't like depressing writing. If I want to be depressed, I'll just think, not read. (laughs) Are you okay, babe? <laughs> Laura, I would like to give you a hug. Yeah, are you uh, okay? And say that I can relate. <laughs> yeah. That's so sad. Like, that's just, like, sad. Like, I'm like, are you okay? Oh, are you babe. okay? And then user Ariel says, it tried. It tried? That's it. Did it, it try, though, do you think? Do you think it genuinely <laughs> tried? I don't think so. I think maybe in 1937 it did. Yeah, I think in maybe. 1937 she really thought she was doing something. But in 2022, yeah. we know she ain't doing nothing. Mm-mm. That's funny. And that's it. <laughs> that is funny, funny. I think that's a really great... Between those three reviews, a very good representation of Of Mice and Men, to be honest. Yeah. You know, as someone who's not read it, I feel like I have a better <laughs> picture of, of what Mice and Men is about now. <laughs> Speaking of books that are old, this book isn't really old, but it kind of is old. It's older than I thought. Sometimes I forget this book came out 15 years ago. I don't know. Uh I pulled. Don't her, tell me that. I that I think I'm exaggerating. I feel like I have to Google it now. Hold on. <laughs> I don't know when it came out. Oh my God! Wait. How? When would that have been? Take if I'm 27, 10, I would have been 17. Get. 16, 15, 14, 13, 12. No way was I 12 when that came out. Everybody, take a guess. When do you think this book that we haven't told you what book it is yet came out? <laughs> It came out in... I thought it came out in 2012. It came out in 2011. You're correct. It's not been 15 years. It's it's been barely 10 years. I was like... I was like, I feel like this is incorrect. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I was just making uh, something up. I was trying to be dramatic. (laughs) And then it wasn't like a big enough guess for it to be funny. It was too... A little too close to being the actual answer. But wrong. Uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. So I pulled some one-star reviews from Fifty Shades of Grey by E.L. James, which we recently just spoke about on the podcast in Katie's episode. So nice little callback. If you don't listen to Katie, uh, Robert, the episode with her, go give it a listen. And then come back and, well, finish this one and then go listen to that one. Um, Fifty Shades of Grey has a 3.66 on Goodreads, which I'm surprised about because I thought it would be higher. Yeah. 
not because I think it deserves to be higher, but just how big the following of this book is. I thought it would be higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got over 2 million reviews. Wow. Which puts it in, like, the Hunger Games sphere of Goodreads reviews, which is interesting. And of Mice and Men. I guess. <laughs> you know, the the trifecta, truly, of, of books. <laughs> Jeez. Um, it has 39% five-star reviews, 20% four-star reviews, and then 11% one-star reviews. So, wow. Which equates to being about 250,000 one-star reviews, which is crazy. I'm not surprised. Well, I am a little bit sp- Like, that's a lot of one-star reviews. I- that, do you want to know what my first thought was when you said that number? The, this is so weird. You thought- it's a, quarter of, it's a quarter of a million. Oh, yeah. My first thought when I read that number was, Danielle, you're not very good at math. Are you sure that's the number? <laughs> Let's go double check. But that is the number. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, but the reviews, let me say, if you have a day to kill and you don't want to do anything, go read the one-star reviews on this book. They are, like, masterpieces. You know the people on Goodreads who, like, go all out with their reviews? They put, like, images and oh, gifts yeah. in and they're, like, beautifully formatted. Every review is like that. They are so well done. I'm like wow. thinking about my one sentence like, eh, it was fine. <laughs> Reviews on books. <laughs> I'm like, this is this is what I should be doing. Uh, okay, first review is Meredith Holly, who says, this was like reading a jackhammer. This is like if Hannah Montana tried to write an erotica novel. <laughs> the popularity of this book makes me need to move to a different planet. I'm making the assumption that it comes from people not actually liking to read, but liking to have their self-destructive cultural values reinforced. <laughs> Girls don't like to eat. If you do whatever he says, he'll turn into a handsome prince. It's not his fault he's abusing you. It's only because his mommy was mean. All these, like, horrible things. Um, <laughs> the sex scenes were very logistically difficult to follow, <laughs> which doesn't make for hotness in my book. I have no idea what happened during the one with the plastic tie. She goes to say, she somehow hooked her wrist to the bedpost? Was she suspended away from the bedpost? I'm so confused. And then she goes on to list four things she hated in the book. Mm. Number one, baby. Don't ever call me baby unless I'm actually being a baby. Also, never say laters before you say babies. The words laters and babies should never be used individually (laughs) and certainly not in the same sentence. So never say that like a million times and then discuss how original it is to say it. That makes me puke. (laughs) Two, stick insects. Kristen Gray appears to be some sort of stick insect with freakishly long tentacle fingers. I am not attracted to stick insects. That was a tongue twister. That was like a dodging, dodging little things, man. Um, okay, number three, contracts, not hot. Deirdre, I thought this would be controversial I for you. disagree. I think contracts are very hot, just not the one that exists in Fifty Shades of <laughs> That's like the one that's not hot. Um, four, bossiness. I loathe bossiness. Why can't people just do what they want and also not be jerks? And then the last thing she goes on to say is, I'm not even going to talk about the subconscious or inner goddess because it is just crazy talk and also annoying. Uh, Okay. Okay. Misha. I'm not going to write why I dislike this book. 
just pick a reason and I'm sure it'll apply to me. However, the most horrifying, <laughs> this is the funniest thing I've read all day. That's my comment on this. Uh, however, the most horrifying thing that I recommend is that I recommended this book to my mom. Why did I do it? Because I had no idea. I was in Berlin and finished all my books. So I went to a bookstore to find a new one. I saw this one there and I liked the cover, which is just a pair of handcuffs, right? Is that not yes. what the cover is? Yes. Okay. It is, it's a gray cover. Yeah. With silver handcuffs on it. Is it handcuffs or is it the tie on the first book? No, the tie is the second book. Okay. I believe you. I believe you. Um, anyway, good for you, Misha. I think. Oh, now I'm not. Now I'm second guessing myself. Let me, I have it still pulled up on my phone. It's the tie on the first book. Okay. I was like, because if the, I'm like, I don't know then what you were expecting. Um, I was certain. I was also certain. It's okay. We were both wrong. Um, uh, so she was in Berlin. She saw this book in a bookstore. She was like, I like it. Uh, I had no idea what it was about. I should say that I'm really bad at reading the blurb slash description. So I almost bought it. Thankfully, I saw Anna Dressed in Blood and took that one instead. But I still remembered that one. And when I saw it, it would be published in my country, I told my mom about it and she should read it. So she brought it home, and I'm telling you, when I looked inside, I had problems looking my mom in the eyes. I had no idea what she thought in that moment. And let me tell you, she never took any of my recommendations after that one. What did I learn at that moment? Never recommend something you did not read start to finish. <laughs> Which I was like, Ding, yeah. ding, ding. Word of wisdom. Okay. Uh, I have two more reviews. One's really short, and the other one I think is just funny as heck. Okay, great. Here's a short one by P- Peter Meredith. <sighs> this one's going to make you angry. So far, porn for girls is strange. In real life, given the opportunity to act on his fantasies, a guy would jump at the chance. Not the same for girls. If you disagree, please contact me and I will fax over my sex contract, which will be for your benefit and pleasure. <laughs> then he goes on to say, if you enjoyed this review, you'll probably like my YouTube reviews. <laughs> Peter, what the hell, man? I have so many things to say. Imagine And none that. of them are kind. Imagine leaving that review being like, got him. <laughs> Got him, man. <laughs> okay. Okay, Peter. Okay. Oh. You think you did something? Congrats. Oh, man. <laughs> dude. Dude is crazy. Okay, this is the last one. By Commodore Wiggs. Most people know about t- the Twilight mashups with this book, so I'm not going to go into too much detail. But it was actually quite sickening how lazy she was to change any of the story details. Bella, crossed out. Anastasia, clumsy girl who grew up in Arizona, crossed out. Las Vegas, with her mom, who moved to Forks, crossed out. Vancouver, (laughs) Washington, where her dad, crossed out. Stepdad lives while her mom lives with her new husband in Florida, crossed out. Georgia, she has a younger friend named Jacob, crossed out. Jose, who has a crush on her, whose dad is friends with her dad, because they are fishing partners. And the police force, crossed out. Army buddies, and who gave her his old truck, crossed out. VW Beagle. Beagle. Beetle. 
Um, Beagle. Beagle. It's a dog. Uh, <laughs> Edward crossed out Christian, who's adopted and has a sibling named Emmett, crossed out Elliot, and a sister named Alice crossed out Mia, who was adopted, who lived with their parents. Carlisle crossed out Carrick. Carrick? Uh, really? Carrick? We can't even change the first three letters? And Esme crossed out Grace. Their mo- father crossed out Mother is a doctor. Uh, Rose <laughs> crossed out Kate and Jasper crossed out Ethan are also siblings in the story, but are changed to be friends of Anastasia since Twilight already had the convenient di- different last names. Other, other had already a convenient different last name than the other Cullens. Ah. They had different last names. Uh, he also dazzles her. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't fathom that there are two other books written about this couple. I literally want to open the window and invite birds to eat my eyes as punishment for buying and reading this book. <laughs> okay, lest I go on, as long as the book, you get the point. Uh, if you want to see more of my commentary, and then they go on to these last two points that I've uh, pulled. This review so long, but it was so funny. Uh, I cannot stand how much the author, being middle-aged, <laughs> shows from the point of view of this 21-year-old. I'm gonna buy a plane <laughs> ticket on the internet. Are you now? Whoa! Don't get crazy on us. I might be too overwhelmed by this turn of events. I fired up my email. <laughs> Pleasing speeds required. Uh, uh, they actually do the, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you. That gross couple tends gross couples tend to do and it was expectingly gross uh it makes me mad just thinking about someone that clingy which is another thing that pisses me off almost everything about their whining and relationship conversation reminds me of everything i hate about past relationships i've had how does anyone enjoy this book and how does anyone think that this is sexy that this depicts something they want i can't even i cannot (laughs) oh funny 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 that made me giggle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will say I did not catch all those parallels uh, when I read it. Well, it, way back when. And like that. And then if you actually look at the and they go on further in there, if you to look at like the actual plot structure and how it is the same. Uh, yeah. It feels like borderline illegal. almost, like how mm. similar they are um, mm-hmm. because there's other Twilight... I talk about it constantly. There's other Twilight fanfics that have been published that I've read that do not do the same thing. Right. That at least, you know, like... Can I copy your homework? Yeah, but just change a few things. Like, they do... At least they change a few things. This feels like the bare minimum happened. I'm... I'm... Would be interested to go back to see if there was ever a lawsuit from Stephanie Meyer mm-hmm. to E.L. James. Because it feels, like, way too similar for it not to have had a lawsuit interesting yeah if you haven't read 50 shades of gray don't bother <laughs> it's there's better <laughs> stuff to read now that's what i'll say to you would you like to play a game oh yeah <laughs> so as i was doing this search i came across a quiz that book riot did with uh danica ellis published it uh can you guess these acclaimed books by their one star reviews so I hope so. I'm excited. Okay. Okay. What a waste of time. A nihilistic outlook on the human condition with a boring and cowardice narrative. Nihilistic. Uh, is it The Great Gatsby? No. <laughs> Dang. 1984 by George Orwell. Oh. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Okay. If you've ever received a creative writing paper with the words show, don't tell written across the top, you'll wonder how this book ever made it into anyone's top list. It reads like a boring Victorian romance novel written by a spinster who's never been in a romantic relationship <laughs> in her life. Oh, so I assume it's a Jane Austen novel. Is it Pride and Prejudice? You are correct. I don't, I don't. Huh. Humph. Interesting. <laughs> Be curious to know who wrote that. Yeah, I'm like, I don't, th- I think it's like kind of considered one of the best romances of all time, but that's fine. Sure. Go off. Yeah. Go off, yep. sis. I couldn't read this book. It's like a Russian soap opera. <laughs> Extremely is, is boring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the only reason I know that is because of uh, the Great Comet of eighteen twelve. <laughs> Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of eighteen twelve, which yes, is a musical. Was, uh, War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy. That's funny. And that's also the only Russian book I know. So that was truly a shot in the dark. I don't care if this is considered a classic. It's terrible. I only read it to help my son with it. It's full of drinking parties and married people having affairs. This is one of those things from our history that doesn't apply to us anymore. This is Great Gatsby. Correct. People drink. And I would disagree with that statement. You know, there's a surprising amount of death also in Great Gatsby, which you probably could have tacked on to that thinking. But sure, go off about alcohol consumption. And married people having affairs. I hate to break it to you. Those are still happening. Yes. <laughs> you should check in with your own husband, my friend, and see how it's going. <laughs> Why is this constantly appearing on the required reading list of junior high children? Why is every required reading for children dark, depressing, and tragic? Would it be so awful to have them read something that encourages or gives them hope rather than dread? The true savages here are the author and the T, her, who... <laughs> It's supposed to be teacher who made this required reading. It's (laughs) violence and it's in a middle school. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take place in a middle school, but you have to read it in middle middle school school. usually. Uh, Violence in middle school? I don't. I would be surprised if you don't get this. Oh, well, Matt, here I'm I'm not going to get it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It is about kids. Is it? It's about violent kids. Is it the... No, you said it's not by... (gasps) Violent Kids? Is it Maze Runner? No. Mm -mm. No, 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 no. That wasn't my guess. That was just a preemptive guess. I'm not getting this wrong. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) This is why I never play the games. This is why I always do the games. Because I take this one. I won't sleep tonight thinking about this. Um, Is it... Uh, It's popular, I assume. Now mm-hmm. I'm panicking because I'm like, I don't know if the Canadian curriculum here's, is the same here's as the Here's your hint. We have talked about this book on the podcast several times before. Is it to... Mm-mm. Is it... <laughs> this is an interesting to listen to. <laughs> no one's having fun listening to this. Uh, is this... Give me a hint, please. <laughs> um, well, I haven't read it, so I don't actually know what it's about. So um, I've talked about it. I think we as a collective have talked about it. It's not Flowers in the Attic. Yeah, mainly a cast of boys. Oh, is it Lord of the Flies? Yeah. 
That wasn't worth all the struggle. I'm sorry. I know. (laughs) I'm sorry. Okay. Last one. I don't understand what all the hype is. Wait. (laughs) Start it again. I don't understand what all the hype is with this book. The, quote, storyline is illogical. The pages go back and forth between being in color to black and white, and then there's pages with no wording, just pictures. Black and white. Is it like, is this, is this like, it's an encyclopedia or a dictionary or something? Okay. Mm-mm. It's like a fiction book. Yeah, it's like a children's book. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is it, what is in color and not in color? And then, I feel like it's something stupid, like a a Dr. Seuss book or something. Is that close? That's my guess. I don't want to make us sit through another Lord of the Flies part two. It's Goodnight Moon by Margaret Wise Brown. (laughs) First of all, who's reading that in school? That's a bedtime book, babe. I know. I don't know if they read it in school. It doesn't say. I guess maybe I just assumed. That is a bedtime only book. Yeah. I didn't do very well. I feel bad about myself. That's okay. <laughs> These were all one star reviews. Yeah. So. They're all vague. It's okay. Uh, I'm going to go and like just research one star reviews for next time we do this so that I won't be wrong. Just go through and memorize all of them. I'm so ready. that you're prepared. I'm ready. Yeah. So I don't know what made me choose this book because I haven't read it. Um, who has read this book and i've only seen the movie (laughs) and it is les miserables by victor hugo and i mainly picked it because of this review (gasps) Corey says ladies and gentlemen a chapter of my life has come to a close today a new leaf has turned les mis is over Uh. never again Will that brick haunt my coffee table or nightstand? I am a free woman. Uh. 11 years. 11. (laughs) I've stolidly worn the chains of oppression from that Hugo guy. Never again. That's almost the exact opposite of what he wants to get across in his book, too. That's really funny. What was happening 11 years ago? I was in my freshman year of college. A friend and I made a pact that we would start reading through classics together, and I had the massive misfortune of choosing Les Mis as our first purgatory, oh or God. project. Yeah, well. As this was one of my first massive tome classics, I think I had to prove to myself I could finish it, because I'm vain, and I don't want anyone to think I am just couldn't appreciate it. I've slammed down Anna Karenina, the Silmarian, and Moby Dick with gusto and enjoyed them all. In the end, this is just a matter of taste. Victor Hugo strikes me as pompous, and I recognize that's entirely subjective, but holy moly, the man likes to hear himself soliloquize to the nth degree. There's a sentence that's 823 words long with 93 commas and 51 semicolons. Read that again. (laughs) Victor, do chill. What the hell? The level of historic (laughs) detail is astounding, or details in general. At one point, we slog through about 50 pages of detail just describing the sewer system. All because one of the characters walks over a sewer grate. The excessive info dumping is frequent and frivolous. Yeah. 
Hugo also enjoys expounding on philosophy, love, and death, among other things, for pages on end. Via run-on sentences. (laughs) I've come to the realization that I just may not be cut out for French novels. (laughs) Typically... They involve one romantic interest pining to death over another one after simply looking at them for the first time, e.g. through the windows, and dramatically seeking death at the first instance of inconvenience to a potential relationship. Honestly, me. Also me, though. (laughs) Also, watching her through windows? Creepy, bud. Creepy. Why is that a thing? (laughs) Why is that a thing that happens so often? And it is illegal in the United States, so... I don't know if it's illegal in Canada. I just think people shouldn't do it. Like, morally, it feels wrong. But it's very romanticized. it's not illegal, but you could definitely get ridden up for it. Yeah, like, I would throw something out my window at you if I saw you looking in my window. You would have to duck, I think. (laughs) I'd rate this book a PG-13 for some mild language, adult themes, and violence. (laughs) PG-13. All right. PG-13. PG-11, because it took them 11 years to read it. Correct. That's, I... Isn't that funny? Me thinking about DNFing a book after reading it for one day. This person persevered 11 years to read this book. Also, 11 years. how do you remember? Like, I put down a book for two days, and I'm like, I gotta restart. What is this book about? What is happening? I don't know. I'm impressed. I know. That is some serious. I don't know if it was worth it in the end, but it is impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So then we have Bernadette, who says, I only watched the musical, but the entirety of the story was just so blood-boiling and cringeworthy that I'll put the actual book onto the rereading waiting list's end. (laughs) Not to mention the Wolverine dude is completely toned (laughs) down. The Wolverine dude sounds like this. That's what Hugh Jackman sounds like. The Wolverine dude that is currently on Broadway. Yeah, the Wolverine dude who is arguably incredibly successful and good at his job does sound like a bad Cole Wilkinson impression, and I will die (laughs) on that hill. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. You can't, we can't talk about musicals and I, and I'm not. No, it's good. I apologize. It was good. Uh, And then we've got April who shelved it on started, didn't finish and says (laughs) (laughs) a bit too miserable for me. (laughs) Boo. (laughs) Boo. Like valid, but boo. Yeah. And that is a wrap on everything I brought for this episode. Oh man, well, look at that! Everyone, do yourself a favor if you're in if you're in the mood for a good giggle, go look at some Warren Star reviews of some of your favorite books, or just books in general that you think would have some spicy one star reviews. They truly are funny if you can take them not too seriously. I wish I was clever. Don't come back. Don't. I know you're gonna be like, Deirdre, you are funny sometimes. Don't. I'm not, okay? <laughs> I think you are, but that's fine. Um, I wish I was clever enough to write some of these one-star reviews for books I've read. I I agree, and some of them are just so incidentally, like, on accident funny. Because you can yes. tell people aren't going out of their way. They're just like, this is what I think. I'm like, that is incredibly funny. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh... Let us know what books we should do next time. And find us yeah. on our Instagram. You can leave us a little 
DM there and... We haven't said it in a while, but you can leave us a voicemail on Anchor. <laughs> Absolutely, you can. Uh, we've gotten one in the past, and it's wild. Was it from me? It was. Yeah, it was. Was it a test run to see how it works? Yes, it, yeah, was. it was. It's a lot of fun, I will say. User experience. I'd give it a 10 out of 10, so you should also try it. Um, you can leave us anything, even if it's just you roasting one of these books i don't care just leave us a voice memo they're funny um current reads what are you currently Currently. reading so i finished this a little while ago but it came out this month so i wanted to talk about it because i haven't talked about it on the (gasps) podcast yet and it is dating dr Ah! dill by nisha sharma friend of the pod friend of the pod. Uh, If you have been a listener for a while, then you may have already listened to Nisha's guest episode with us from season one, uh, where she came on to promote Dating Dr. Dill back in the fall. And uh, she very kindly sent uh, over some ARC copies. Um, So I am very happy that I got to read this early and have been loving it for months feels very nice. So this came out on March 15th. So go go get it after you listen to what I have to say, because it is delightful. Um, this is the first book in what is going to be a trilogy that is If Shakespeare Was an Auntie, uh, which is truly hilarious. Truly delightful. I love that. Yeah. So in this book, we have Karina, who is a super strong, independent career woman. She has just locked herself into a dream job. And she feels like it is time for her to look for the love that she has been putting off trying to find and has been eluding her for years. Her family is not so sure that she's going to be able to find it. And she's ready to prove them wrong because her parents had a love marriage and she wants what they had. And then we have got Dr. Prem Verma, who is a cardiologist, and he does not believe in love. Uh, He thinks that love can actually lead to relationships breaking apart uh, and that you should not enter into a marriage because of love. And the two of them have a chance meeting at a bar. They end up really hitting it off and having great chemistry. And then they go into the back because Prem knows the owner. They're in the office taking off Karima's sweater vest. And Prem's phone starts ringing. Mm. And he leaves her with her sweater vest half over her head. Classic. Classic man. Only for the next day, her to be in the audience at his TV show taping when he announces that he does not believe in love, something that he had said the opposite of the night before to her. And that is what I will leave you with. And you can go on to find out what happens to Prem and Karina. And I can't say enough good things about this book. I, I actually, I have to read you the dedication because it made me cry. For the women who have been told to lower their standards, no. I hope you never do. Yeah! Wow. 
I, <laughs> I, when I opened the book for the first time and I saw that, I, I just read it over and over and over again for about three minutes yeah. before I started the book. Because first of all, huge retweet. Uh, second of all, if any of any single one of you lower your standards, don't do it. Don't do it. Um, I started dating Dr. Dill because as of recording this podcast, I got still a couple days to read it till it comes out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we were lucky enough to have Nisha reach out and Harper Collins and Harper Collins send us. I got it from oh, HarperCollins. Oh. I got Never um, mind. I take it back. <laughs> we got them. Everybody everybody wants everybody to read this books. Thank you so much for all the people. Uh first of all, I'm just so freaking proud of Nisha. I'm like Same. I know I have like Nisha it's I have no right to feel proud, but I do feel incredibly proud of her as like a friend and as someone whose work I incredibly admire. I'm just so proud of her and I'm so proud of this book. Um yeah. and if you have not, like Deirdre said, please go get this book and support Nisha. She 100%. It is a wonderful South Asian romance. Um, Nisha specifically caters to the, I believe it's the third diaspora. Um, and this is representation that is sorely lacking in Absolutely. the romance industry. And to see somebody who deserves so much recognition for bringing that representation in a way that is so incredible like it's just incredible it is a fantastic book that just makes you really think and laugh and cry and yeah and spite like it, it's got so much it's it's got a lot of different facets it, oh the spice <laughs> and i'm okay. i'm just so happy that we can promote wonderful people like Nisha on this podcast. She deserves it. She works so freaking hard and she is incredibly talented and incredibly nice. Yeah. So go uh, by she... dating Dr. Dill. <laughs> Please yes. and thank you. Yes. Yeah. I I am a big champion of Nisha's. Uh and go get this book. Yep, 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 yep. What about you? Oh, what are you currently God. reading? Oh gosh. Okay, here's the thing. Uh I'm <laughs> I finished I finished a book today, and then I read a book today, and then I finished a book today. Okay. So, I I finished the second book in the Blindfold Club series, which Deirdre said, Danielle, read this, and I said, okay, and I did, and I do like it, although I think some of the books could be a little bit shorter. Sometimes they feel about, like, 50 pages too long. And then the other book I finished today has me heated. I do not like it. So long story short, the book was made into a movie and the movie just recently got released on Hulu and then on Disney Plus in Canada because I don't know why, but it's on Disney Plus. So I saw it and thought, oh, I have this book. I should finish it (laughs) before I watched it. Okay. So I picked it back up today. Uh, it's called No Exit by Taylor Adams. Um, and it is a thriller, which if you know me, a little outside my comfort zone, I don't read a lot of thrillers. Uh, I read thrillers when people send them to me and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'll read this. I don't often like, of my own volition, volition, Vol- volition, I don't know how to say volition? that. Like, don't often of my own volition pick up thrillers. But I had bought this years ago when it had first come out and got part of the way through it 
was too anxious for me. It's really claustrophobic. Uh, so I had to put it down. So I picked it back up today and finished it. It is a 330-page book. It's short. It's not very long. Um, and the premise is Darby is our main character, which, first of all, okay, Darby. <laughs> what a name. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry if your name's Darby. Um, I, I assure you, you're not as annoying as the Darby in this book. Uh, she is a student at Staff Stanford. Stafford? Stafford. S-T-O-F-F-O-R-D. Stafford. Must be university. Maybe it's made up. I don't know. It's in the U.S. somewhere. And she is driving home for winter break. So it's like almost Christmas. There's a huge snowstorm that blows through, which forces her off of the highway to a rest stop in the middle of nowhere that she gets snowed into. So, she is snowed it at this rest stop with a couple and then two other men. And they're in this, like, you know those, like, weird buildings that are, like, I guess kind of, like, centers of the town. But when mm. they're small towns, like, there's not much to do there. Um, yeah. So, there's no signal because of the storm. So, they are stuck until people come in the next morning at I think like 7 or 9 a.m. Like sometime in the morning. Darby is nervous because she's heading home because her mom's in the hospital. So she's like, I need to get back to the road so I can check on my phone to see if my mom's still alive. But she ends up befriending one of the younger men uh, whose name is Ashley. Which first of all, the names in this book are a little... For a man named Taylor, the names are a little wild in this mm. book. Um, Ashley befriends Darby and they even at one point they go to like to the restroom to like make out which I was like okay Darby uh but <laughs> sorry that's an aside um <laughs> so Darby at one point goes back out to her car to get something and she's walking between the cars that are all snowed in and she looks into the back of one of these like like what you would assume is a kidnapping van right like <laughs> quintessential white van kidnapping thing and she looks in the back seat, and lo and behold, there is a child in a cage. A child locked in a cage in the back of this van in the middle of the snowstorm that is handcuffed. And she's like, what? And I'm like, what? <laughs> I thought this was a domestic thriller. Uh, so she then has to devise a plan, because she doesn't know who the vehicle belongs to. So she has to figure out who the vehicle belongs to and why that girl's in the cage. And then she quickly figures out that people there kind of have a, an agenda and they're all connected in ways that are surprising. Um, so she basically has 13 hours to break this little girl out of a cage and run away and get away to save her life and this little girl's life. This book is gross. You know what the crux and the plot twist of this book is? Sex trafficking children. <sighs> Why? It didn't even have to be about that. Like, they, okay, this is a spoiler. So, but I don't think anyone should read this book. So but I also, like, that. I saw that one coming when you said there was a child in a cage. And that's, oh, that's the thing, Deirdre. There was this whole misdirect where the little girl in the cage, her name is Jay. Jay is the daughter of this, like, prolific tech guru guy that mm -hmm. she was kidnapped to then be held at ransom for these people um held for ransom i guess rather 
So that was the story that they played with the whole time. And they're like, we're not lying. Yeah, this is why we kidnapped her. Um, and then at the very end, when people get double-crossed, in obviously this plot twist where people just are so violently killed, we find out that, no, it was exactly what we expected. And I'm like, this isn't even a satisfying, like, plot twist. It's just infuriating. Yeah. And, like, there's this whole B-plot line. Uh, I'm just going to say it. So two of the characters are brothers. That mm-hmm. they come in, they pretend to be strangers, but they are actually brothers. So it's the one that she makes out with, and then another guy, they're brothers. So, okay. and they are the ones who kidnapped the little girl. So Darby thought this guy was on her side. He was not. He was tricking her. Um, and they basically have this uncle who's this awful guy who one summer Ashley came across his bunker and went down it, and there was a woman there being held captive. And then the next, like, month when he came back, it was gone, like, it was cleaned out with bleach and she was gone. So, like, that is a whole flashback segment we get early on in the book, which also has the hard N-word in it, which I was like, why did this need to be in this book? And so, like, it was, it it had so much extra in it that I was like, this just feels like a violence towards women, which was a Mm -hmm. lot of this. A lot of it was violence towards women. Yep. And it was just gratuitous for no reason. And then I thought to myself, well, no, no surprise. It's written by a white man. I just, I set myself up for failure. I thought, genuinely, when I bought this book, I thought it was a woman, which was, that's on me for assuming that someone named Taylor is a woman. I will take fault for that. Um, I was so sorely disappointed because I think there was an opportunity for this to be an incredibly interesting premise. Right. But it really wasn't. It was really disappointing and I can't imagine them making a movie out of, like, out of every, any book to make a movie out of. There are so many thriller books that have come out in the past, like, two years that are amazing. Yeah. Right? There are so many. Why was this one picked for a movie? I don't get it. And also, for me, it being on Disney+, Plus, I'm like, this, from the violence that I know in this book, this seems like a very bad fit to have on Disney+. Plus. I, I think it's yeah. under the stars category, but, like... Oh, uh, Maybe. I'm still, like, shocked that this got picked up for a movie. I'm yeah. I'm just upset. I'm upset with this book. It is, like, a one-star read for me. It's right alongside The Wives by Taryn Fisher. It's equally <laughs> upsetting to me. Uh, and I'm, I'm frustrated because a lot of people kind of put their full voice into s- suggesting this book. I've seen this on different thriller rec books. I'm like, yeah. if you want, like, grotesque horror, re- like, thrillers... There are better books that do not exploit women in the way that this book does. Jeez. I'm sorry to end it on such a sour note, but we're both going to start reading Hook, Line, and Sinker soon, so that's a positive. Yeah. I am on chapter two, and I'm very happy. <gasps> Is it good? Mm-hmm. Ugh, that's it's what I like, need. I need a good read now. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so angry. I need something that's going to make me happy. Especially, like, Tessa Bailey's romantic comedies. Yeah. Like, I love that I have now found authors that I can genuinely just, like, find solace in their writing. Yeah. Oh, mm. oh I love Tessa Bailey. Me too. We made it to the end <laughs> of yet it. another episode. We did, we did. Can't believe it. So happy you are all here with us. If you did make it to the end, you should head on over to our Instagram at booksonthebrainpod yeah. and... You should leave the apple emoji because we talked about Twilight and we talked about the Bible. 
Hell yeah. And also Fifty Shades of Grey. It's all connected. It's all connected. It's all connected. So you heard it here. The apple emoji. Uh, you can also go ahead and follow us on our own social media accounts. I am at Deirdre Rose Morgan on Instagram and TikTok. I'm at DJ Books on TikTok and on Instagram. And like we said at the beginning, it would mean so, so, so much if you would rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps us out. And it would just be a really kind thing for you to do. If, yeah, if you, you, it's an easy way to support the podcast without any kind of monetary, uh, uh, just, it's something that helps us immensely, so please consider it. Please, please, please. Yeah. Uh, we will be back in two weeks with a new episode for you. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye out on our Instagram for any updates. That is where you will get the most up-to-date information on when we drop episodes, and we will chat to you in the next one. Bye! Goodbye!